This is a Hot Pie Original. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the DMP CD Sports Podcast presented by Odd Shark. I'm Chad Fisher alongside my co-host, Mr. Tony Farmer. Tony, how are you doing, man? Awesome today, man. How are you doing? That's fantastic, man. I'm doing great. Uh, we got a great guest today that I'm really excited about. I know you are as well. Yeah. A guy you've uh, been following for for quite some time now. Yeah, excited to talk to Grant Cohn. Yeah. For sure. It's writer for SI.com, 49ers uh, beat writer. Yep. Uh, funny guy. It seems like I've never got to talk to him, but I'm looking forward to it today. Uh, he'll like be a, a treat. He'll be a treat. He seems like a really cool dude, man. <laughs> um, we're going to get into the betting segment here in a, in a second. But first, we want to tell you a little bit about our sponsor, Odd Shark. Odd Shark is your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, the hottest sports news, and detailed matchup picks. If you're looking for statistics and trends for an up, upcoming game, Odd Shark has that too. And it is absolutely free. They have in-depth expert analysis, odds, and trends to help you make the sharp game day picks. They've got decades of stats on their databases, and their insiders give you takes so hot they sizzle. Mm, that's hot. They're your one-stop shop for all your good for all your odds, info on sports and pop culture events. So if you're new to betting, or if you're not, you just want to get a better understanding of the numbers, how the math works, why does the line, why do the lines move during the week, whatever, whichever sport it is that you're interested in, Oddshark will give you the tools that you need. They're a proven industry powerhouse. Oddshark has the info from around the globe, giving you the chance to access the best sports odds on the planet. So again, whether you want to check out tonight's action or some of the action for this weekend and plan ahead a little bit, Odd Shark is your place to go for all your betting needs. Check out oddshark.com and start thinking like a shark today. Yeah, uh, the go-to resource for the DMP CD Sports Podcast. We love going there. Uh, I go there almost every day, honestly, brother, just to yeah. see how things are. Especially we got almost we got so many sports going on right now. This is like an awesome time for sports fans. Got so much stuff. MLB's ramping up. NBA's coming to the playoffs times uh, here. Uh, you know, you got NFL camp coming up here soon, college football, all that stuff. So yeah, it's a fun time of year to be a sports yeah, fan. Yeah, sure, so man. we're gonna get into our our betting segment presented by Odd Shark, and one of the things we're looking at right now is MLB futures. Yeah, buddy, this is uh one of my favorite things because because the profit margin on these future bets this time of year, you know, if you can get ahead of the curve and say, oh, so and so has been out with an injury, and they're gonna be back in a couple weeks, and they're down in the standings right now, if you can get ahead of some of that action you can really cash out big at the end of the year yeah you really can and it seems like this year anyways it is there's a lot of parity in in major league baseball this year uh i don't know if you can really say there's like a clear-cut favorite last year you know you definitely said like the dodgers and the astros those teams the yankees and everything but as we see this year it is wide open i mean look at all the, if you're looking at all the uh the uh standings here most teams are, you know, they're only separated by three or four or five games, you yeah. know, and that's that's pretty exciting, especially right now. One of the teams that I'm looking at are the uh, San Francisco Giants because they've had a really good year thus far. Yeah, and pitching staff, man. Yeah, they're uh, getting off to a good start, and they are, you know, they're at the top in the in the West. And the Dodgers have kind of faltered, man. You know, they've maybe yep. it's a little World Series hangover or what have you, but they haven't looked as sharp as normal. Uh, Last week we saw uh, Sammy uh, Sammy Kershaw. I'm talking about country music. And shit. <laughs> <laughs> we saw Sammy Kershaw talking about his double wide trailer and shit. You know, if you remember him. Uh, no, Clayton Kershaw got bounced early against the Cubs last week. Uh, yep. You never know. I mean, a lot of these te- teams are just a, you know they just had an injury on their pitching staff as well. I think the guys uh, j- uh, guys going to have Tommy John surgery, so it's wide open this year, man. I, it re- you really can't determine. A clear cut number one. There's a lot yeah. of teams that are hovering around 500 or just, you know, hell, I think the best record in baseball is the A's right now, yeah. you know. What I like about the Giants and Chad, I'm going to ask you in a second for uh, for the odd shark number on the Giants right now. What, what are the odds on the different websites off of there? But what I like about the Giants is, again, they're pitching. You know, when you get into the playoffs, 
or when I'm looking at these future bets, one, can they make the playoffs? That's obviously the first place to start, and yeah. I think they can. But then two, if you make it to the playoffs, do you have the pitching, the bullpen, and the rotation to be successful in the playoffs? Because the bats are nice. The bats are sexy. People like to see the home runs, and there's a lot of teams with good lineups in baseball right now, but we've seen so many times again that you can have a dominant lineup, and if you're facing an ace in game one of a playoff series, that lineup can get shut down so easily. Yeah. And so I tend to look at teams who's pitching that I can trust. Yeah, it's like the old saying that, you know, good defense defense wins championships, you know, and that's definitely uh, the case in, in Major League this year because uh, we're like always at the beginning of the season, hitting is down. Uh, it takes a while for hitting to catch up, but we're also seeing a big change in the way teams play. You know, there's a lot more strikeouts. You're seeing, it feels to me like I see so many guys batting Below 200. I don't think yeah. I, I'm the ever, I ever saw this when I was a kid. There's so many guys that bat like 170, 180. There's, I'm a big Cleveland Indians fan. Go tribe. But, uh, they, I think we've got two guys that hit above 220 right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I mean, the Indians offense is always terrible. We never spend money on, on uh, on, uh, hitting and power and everything like that. It's always, we're always, because we're, you know, a, a very low market team. And so we can't really afford to do that. But, uh, we've got great pitching as always, but the bats haven't woken up, and you see that around the rest of the league as well. Yeah. All right. Here's a little conspiracy theory for you, Chad. You ready for this? One? Yeah. All right. So we know guys like Jose Altuve have seen their numbers drop since yeah. the big uh, yeah, sign yeah. stealing scandal, yeah. right? And of course, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of reasons why you're seeing more guys bat around 200 and strike mm -hmm. out more often. That's been happening for years. Don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong. But when you open this segment by talking about the parody in baseball. Is it possible that we're seeing more parity because before this scandal, there were a handful of teams who had mastered this sign stealing bullshit and That's, were really frigging good at it. And then maybe there was a handful of teams who didn't do it at all. And then there was a handful of teams who maybe did it only in clutch situations. And now that you've sort of taken that out and people are aware of it, we're starting to see a little bit more parity. Could that be possible? That's totally. I think it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible with the Astros. Have you seen them kind of fall off a cliff a little bit? You know, Cer um, certain batters in particular. So you look at their numbers, and Altuve yeah. is a great case of that. Look at his numbers before the scandal. Look at his numbers after. Oh the scandal. yeah, yeah. And he's not time. the only one. So yeah, and it's intriguing. Not that the Astros are doing terrible, but they've come back down to earth. They were really yeah. kind of running away with the uh, the AOS for the last few years, and yeah, now you know they're kind of middle of the pack and everything. But yeah, dude, I saw the video of that because you know the the uh, Astros and Yankees played last week and that was a huge thing. You know, New York's fans were going crazy and everything. And they, sh I saw like on Twitter, the replay of him hitting that home run and, yeah. you know, telling everyone like, don't take his shirt Shady. off. Dude, I Shady. think it's so funny. It just shows Shady. you too. It just shows you too that you, there's like, you can make up anything, you know what I'm saying? I think he said that all oh, his wife doesn't want him shirtless. I'm sure. On yeah. TV or okay. something like that. It, okay. Dude, it's like, you can, yeah. you can literally say anything. I don't, I'm not buying that shit, no, but not at all. But back know. on topic though, what are the odds yeah. for the Giants on Odd Shark so, right now? Because that's a team that we both like and we talked about them before. Yeah, yeah. So right now there's uh on the obviously, like as we talked about, the beauty of Odd Shark is that you can see these odds across all kinds of different platforms. And there is as much as 66 to one. Uh, 45 is the lowest that I Ooh, see. Give me some of that 66. Yeah, yeah. But uh plus 6600. Yeah. And so that's that's something that you might want to, you know. Uh, put some money down and, on. And let me give you one more. How about the Royals atop? Uh, they're, they're on the top of their division. Yeah, so they're 50 to 1 and 45 across mm. some. So, mm. yeah. The, uh, and then my Indians are, uh, let's see, where are we at? Uh, we're at 50 and 33. It shows you just how much it changes, man, too. Yeah. 50 and 33, that's that's a big that's number. That's why you got to shop around. That's let me, let me ask you for one more, Chad. And this is I'm going to contradict myself because before I said it was all about the pitching, mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a team with a really good lineup that I like a lot, the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, they've had a good start to the year as well. Yep. Uh, they opened at 50. Uh, now they're uh, it's all the way down to 20 to 1 and 18 to 1. Mm -hmm. So Don't those are good numbers out. as well. Don't yeah. count them out. And then if you want to even get in far, as far as into like, you know, who's going to win the ALCS, who's going to AL Central, you know, the, the division winners and everything like that. Um, every division is incredibly close right now, which yeah. is crazy. Uh, I know we're only, you know, 30, 40 games into the season, 35 games into the season. But I've just never, I haven't seen this much parity and it's awesome because it's going to, it means that games are going to mean more way longer. I mean, usually by this time, the AL West has almost been wrapped up, you know, uh, 
uh, Houston's usually got like an eight or nine game lead already, you know, yep. uh, 35 games into the season or something like that. So it's cool to see like so much parity. Um, the AL Central, I think, is a, is a good thing to – a good place to throw down some money too. I mean, you've got uh, Cleveland at 8-1, to one, uh, Kansas City uh, 375 uh, here. So – Wait, three, what do you mean 375? I'm sorry, plus 375. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, everyone in there besides Detroit really is kind of in that in that uh, division race still. So, so, the, so the Royals, you can get almost 4-1 to one on them winning the division. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like that one That's too. Four and a half. Yeah. yeah some places. So nice. nice. Yeah. Definitely want to check that out because uh, th- this is a great time to put some money down on baseball. You never know what's going to happen. Some of these t- teams could end up running away with the division. And you got some insider information or you think that, you know, uh, uh, you think that your team or, or a specific team is going to, you know, start playing a little bit better. This is a good time to put some money down, some great yeah. numbers out there. And why I like the futures bets is because. You you are essentially taking your bet and you're spreading it out over 162 games. Yeah. If you make the bet now, you know, you're spreading out over 100 something games, right? And so instead of putting whatever your bankroll is, whatever you're comfortable with, instead of putting that amount down on one game and it lasting three hours, you're kind of spreading your mm-hmm. gambling high out over the course of a season. Uh, and, and it's a little more exciting that way. Because not only are you rooting for, let's say you take the Royals, you can start rooting against the other teams in that division. <clears throat> yeah, everybody that they're playing. <laughs> exactly. All, all their competition. Then when the, the wild card standings start coming out and shit like yeah, that, yeah. you're going to be uh, going to be rooting hard there. So it's, it's a good bang for your buck way to bet. I like it a lot. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, make sure you check out Odd Shark to get all that information. That is O-D-D-S-S-H-A-R-K.com. Like we said, it's a preferred destination. Uh, before you make a bet, you have to go to Odd Shark. You're gonna be you're gonna be a fool not to. It's free. It's free. Yeah, it's absolutely free. Why not? We get on this all the time. Uh, check them out. Also follow them on Twitter at Odd Shark O D D S S H A R K. Uh, tell them we sent you too as well. Yeah, and l- last thing I'll say about Odd Shark, we're spending so much time talking about the numbers on there, but they're not just numbers. No, They've got no. awesome articles that you yep. can read as well. So uh, there's a reason why we talk about Odd Shark all the time, um, and we're pretty obsessed with them because it's a lot of really good information. I've always there, got so. a, an Odd Shark tab open on my yep. computer. Check always, them out. always, always. All right, everybody. Our guest today is a beat writer and columnist for the San Francisco 49ers for Sports Illustrated's SI.com. Um, he's also formerly of the Santa Rosa press democrat he has covered the 49ers since 2011 during some interesting times which included the colin kaepernick years and two excruciating super bowl losses he also has a show called the cone zone please welcome to the dmp cd sports podcast grant cone how you doing brother thanks for coming on i'm doing great thanks so much for having me what are we talking about today dude we've got so much stuff we want to get to because it's just an awesome interesting time right now especially for you being a writer for the 49ers and everything you guys are kind of at the center of the football world right now so, so, so many things we want to get to. Yeah, I mean, we want to talk about the Niners. Grant, we want to talk about you as well, because you've kind of built like a cult following on Twitter. So we want to talk to you a little bit about your style as a writer as well. Um, we really only bring on a certain brand of writers. Like, we don't bring on vanilla writers onto this show. Um, we had uh, Ben Albright on this show um, a couple weeks ago. Um, we had Brian Cook on last week from the MGO blog. Um, he's a guy who's like, no, I, I'm offered press passes, but I want to sit with the fans. And he kind of marked to the beat of his own drum. And we kind of put you under that same umbrella of you're not the same flavor as the other writers who cover the 49ers or even other writers nas- uh, nationally. And, and that's what we appreciate about you. And that's why you're here. Um, but my first question is, where does that uniqueness come from? I mean, what, did, do you uh, kind of go out of your way to sort of take a unique angle or did, did you know, wh- where did that start? Okay, well, I got to give credit to my dad. My dad did this before I was born. Uh, he was kind of an icon in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And what the what, what he figured out was the Bay Area is like a big market and a small market at the same time. It's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a lot of people here, but it's got like a very small market mentality. And they treat their sports teams and figures like they're kind of heroes. And so he just brought the New York style journalism to this market and he stood out. If he had done that in New York, he'd be just one of a thousand people like that. But out here, it plays pretty well. And I'm like a, a younger California version of my dad, but I'm sort of carrying on the tradition. And it's just really easy to stand out by criticizing the team in the Bay Area because not many people do it. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm a Very second generation sports writer as well. My dad uh, was a sports writer for over 40 years. Uh, just tell me a little. You and I probably had very similar childhood growing up. Uh I was always with my dad going to games and covering games and in the newsroom afterwards while I wrote a story, you know, growing up. 
back in the day, he couldn't write the story from the press box. You had to go to the paper, actually, and file your story and everything like that. I'm sure you had a lot of uh, memories like that growing up, being in the newsroom, being around other reporters and stuff like that. Absolutely. All the time. uh, Going to a lot of press boxes, going to a lot of locker rooms, meeting Dusty Baker, George Carl, Mm. Don Nelson, people, Steve Young, people like that. Um, Absolutely. But also like being involved in the creative process. Like my dad's like, I need an idea. What are we going to talk about today? And I'm 11. Like that. I got you one. I got you one. And I always felt like it was this kind of niche industry that most kids didn't know about growing up. Everyone's, I want to be a doctor or something. But this was something I felt that was the best America could offer, like life could offer. And if I could possibly do it, I wanted to. And I've just been dedicated to it since I got out of college. I never gave myself a safety net. It's been working out the last like eight months. So we'll see if I can keep it going. <laughs> I'm awesome. sure you will. Gray is quite <laughs> modest for sure. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Gray, I got to ask you, with all the stuff that's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo and everything, uh, the 49ers obviously drafted Trey Lance. Uh, I saw you mentioned, talking about this a little bit on Twitter. Do you really think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to help Trey Lance take his job? Or do you, <laughs> you think he's going to give him like phony information? He's like, yeah, man, I'll... <laughs> He's going to be like, yeah, dog, I only go through like two, re- two reads. I just take the fuck off, man. I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Or he's going to be like. He can just be like, man, I thought I, I, I was wrong. I, I thought I told you. I don't know, man. Dude, I'm, I'm going to say, the, the first thing you want to remember, Trey, is it's always okay to throw late and across the middle. It doesn't matter, man. It's fine. Don't and worry then, about the laces yeah. on the football. Don't he's going to be telling all kinds those. of messed up shit. He's going to be like, yo, man, before every game the night before, I just go out and get totally shit hammered. And then I come and play football. I, I always do well, you know. But do you really think he's going to. Uh, going to help him take the job do you believe when he says that he's going to try and help mentor him i mean i don't think he'll i don't think he'll get in his way and sabotage him like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he could yeah. i don't think he'll sabotage him but what is his responsibility to train man? his responsibility is like just to go about his life and his job and be professional and set a good example anything other than that i think is like a fantasy that the team would probably project or he would project just to like increase his trade value or something hell no I don't yeah. think mm. I don't think Brady did for him. Yeah, he's gonna basically do what Brady did for him, which was be cold and distant and push him out the door if possible. I don't know if, if he has the talent to pull it off, but that's what he wants. Uh, speaking of that draft, obviously uh, Trey Lance was the big uh, big selection that everybody was talking about. What do you see as the the biggest holes or lack of depth on the roster right now that you think were either unaddressed or they could still bring in a couple bodies in free agency to fill right now? I think there's, I think they're actually a real deep team. Their problem is special teams. Like they don't even try. Uh, Mm. Their kicker is fine, but they don't really try to return punts or kicks. And I think that's an oversight. Like they always, what Harbaugh used to say, Harbaugh won a lot of games was if you can win two of the three phases, you win the game. The Niners are always putting themselves in a position where they have to win offense and defense because they don't even compete on special teams. So if if something like if they would let Debo Samuel return kicks or Brandon Ayuk return punts, they'd be great. But they don't, which is pretty whack, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you think that might change? What What do you think the percentages no. are that you don't think so? I just think Kyle's conservative and he just doesn't. He, he thinks special teams is going to mess it up for his offense more than special teams is going to help his offense because mm. his offense is so great. Maybe it is. Yeah. And especially with all the injury struggles from last year, it was, I mean, a historically (laughs) injury prone team last year. And so I could see that making them a little, little more nervous too. Yeah. I got to ask you, Grant, what do you think is going to happen with that quarterback situation? Uh, Obviously a lot of people think, you know, Jimmy's going to win it uh, to start with, or at least they're going to give it to him. And then we're going to kind of see how things go. Do you foresee him being the starter all year? Or do you see something like, uh, you know, after four or five, six games, they're going to try and bring in Trey. I feel like it's like full circle from when I started covering this team. When my first year was 2011 and they had just drafted Colin Kaepernick. And I think there's a lot of similarities between Kaepernick and Lance. Lance Kaepernick was older. He was like 23. Lance is 20. But Kaepernick was really smart too. I think he had a 30, he had a 38 in his wonder lick. He was always a 4.0 student. He could, he could digest a playbook quickly, but they didn't feel he was ready at all his first year. And he probably wasn't. Um, if Trey Lance, that's the thing. Can he compete or is it more important to just see how ready he is and then put him on like a, a track, a process that is independent of Jimmy Garoppolo's performance availability. I think the most important thing is for them to realize how long it's going to take before he's quote unquote ready and to be true to that process, not let anything accelerate it. Otherwise, here's the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is he plays week one, stinks. Lance, sorry, you're talking Lance? Lance, yep, Lance yep. plays week one, yep. stinks. Gets benched by week five, mm. go back to Jimmy, and he's fine. Like, okay, now what do you do with Lance? Yeah. 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 His Can't confidence is shot at that point. Yep. Can't let that happen. Yeah. Yeah. So better to just 
you know, start Jimmy and then play Lance two, three drives a, a game until he shows that he's ready. And then boom, then he's your starter. Yeah. Then you're not overwhelming him with the playbook. You get rid of that scenario, that worst case scenario that you talked about. I think that's, that's pretty logical too. And I, I think that's the the way that they'll go. And, and so with that, do you, do you think that this is going to be Jimmy's last year in the Bay? I do. I mean, yeah. I don't think much of Jimmy Garoppolo. I've seen him yeah. in training camp. He's better in games than he is in training camp, which tells you about how he is in camp. He can't stay healthy. Mm. I don't see it from Jimmy. And I think this guy is Trey Lance is so much more. He's more athletic. He's, he's, I think he's a better quarterback in terms of the mental side of the game. I think he's going to show that he's smarter. He's like a better game manager. It's just going to be like, when is he ready? He's so young. But as soon as he, it, it could be sooner than we expect. I don't think we're going to see much from Jimmy. It's not like he's Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers holding off Jordan Love. Like it's Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Can he even stay healthy? We might see Josh Rosen next year. Oh, shit. That's the kind of, like <laughs> if Jimmy gets hurt and Trey isn't ready, just play Josh Rosen. Yeah. Let him do it. You know, I've got to give Grant some credit because as you can see, he's not super high on Jimmy and Jimmy is a very polarizing figure in the yeah. Bay. Some people still love Jimmy and some people are down on him, but Grant was down on Jimmy when nobody was down on Jimmy, when <laughs> yeah. everybody was just like in I'm, love with the guy I'll and you could honest. say no wrong about yeah. him. You were pointing out his flaws. Some of the things that we all see very clearly now, you were pointing them out at the time and you were getting a lot of hate and you were getting people frustrated at you saying that they just didn't want to see what you were sh- clearly showing them. And now I think a lot of fans are seeing what you saw way early on. So I think you were kind of prophetic in that way. Well, it's kind of like being with a friend who hasn't been with a girl in years. You know what I mean? That's what the Niners were like. They, they've been without a quarterback. Yeah. I like that yeah. analogy. That's good. And Jimmy That's comes good. in and like, it's like, Hey man, I know you, you know, you just hooked up last night. You had a great time. It's been a long time. I'm just saying, man, it's not what you think. It's not. It's Come on, just chill, man. And they're like, nah, man, this is the one. I'm getting married. I'm, I'm getting, it's like, okay, five years later. I told you. Yeah. I told you. Yeah. It was just the first girl you'd been with in five years. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. That's kind of what the Jimmy situation was. Like, people didn't want to hear it. It's like, man, I don't want to hear it. I'm happy. I'm yeah. happy. Yeah. Me and this quarterback mm. are happy. It's like, well, this is exactly what's going to happen. So now they're all eyes open. Yeah. yeah. And I mentioned that unique style that you had. So for people that up until this point haven't been following Grant, he does film breakdowns. How many beat writers out there do like like breaking down film? Yeah, um, he does roundtables with different writers. You can watch his videos on Twitter. Um, he's a great follow on Twitter. Um, you got to make sure you check it out. But there are some folks that are critical of you, Grant, as well. So I want to play a little game with you, my friends. So uh, I, I'm going to use some words here that that I've seen people call you on Twitter and on a scale of one to 10, I want you to tell me if you agree with these terms or not to fit you. Okay. Because it, it's not a black and white world. I don't want to say yes or no. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being yes, absolutely. Are you a pot stirrer? Absolutely. That's a 10. Absolutely. I'm, a, I'm a professional <laughs> pot stirrer. Pot stirrer. I've been doing it since, man, since college. I was supposed to be Here's how I knew I needed to be a professional potster. I was <laughs> at UCLA trying to study for finals and I couldn't do it. And I was just on like, remember before Twitter, it was message boards. Mm-hmm. Just be on the Niners message boards. Just to me, it was boring. It's like, you guys are not having the conversations I <laughs> yeah. need. I need to get you guys upset and I got to get your emotions in it. Yeah. So hell yeah. 10 out of 10. I take it. I take it. I take it with pride. All right. All right. So next one, kind of going off of that a little bit. How about a, a 49ers troll or a professional troll? Is that, is that fair? One through 10? What do you think? Absolutely. I think that's the same thing. And I, that's what I do on Twitter. I love it. Because that's like the point of Twitter. No one wants to go on Twitter and like be civil. Honest. You yeah. just like have to go yep. there and be sarcastic and snarky. And that's, if you want to really express yourself, honestly, go to YouTube and talk for an hour. <laughs> but you only got 240 characters or whatever on Twitter. So you got to make it real sarcastic. And I've even heard George Kittle, you know, reference your tweets and the fact that you like to stir things up a little bit and rock the boat a little bit. And so I, I think yeah, I just some do it for the, George. He <laughs> likes it. <so. laughs> I think some of the players, um, I, this is my guess and I'm totally speculating here. Grant, I suspect when you give the 49ers front office head coach, et cetera, a hard time, you may be saying things that they want to say, but can't. And so there, you may have sort of some secret fans that are like, man, thank God someone's pointing that out because I'm seeing this every day. And I don't want to paint the picture that it's a super disgruntled locker room because I think the 49ers culture overall is probably above average and is, is doing okay. But again, when you're pointing those things out that they may want to say to their bosses or their bosses' bosses, I'd imagine you're, you're, you're gaining some friends in that area. 
And I think they find it pretty entertaining because I'm pretty close to the mark. And I'm sure a guy like George Kittle likes it because I'm never going to criticize George. How could anyone criticize George Kittle? <laughs> then again, someone like Mike McGlinchey is probably like, enough, man, leave me alone. It's not. And so fair enough. You know, I think I need to kind of tweak my approach sometimes and maybe just, you know, spread it out a little bit. Because Mike McGlinchey is so easy. I, I even took an oath this, this offseason to be nicer to him. And then yesterday he puts himself in the news cycle and says that, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter. And he starts talking about like the quarterback competitions. Like, man, all you need to talk about is how you don't play well enough. And you're going to work on that. Like, don't talk about oh, wow. the quarterback <laughs> position or what. Dude, just worry about you and, and how you're not going to get these guys hurt. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. No kidding. All right. One more term for you, Grant. Uh, I use the term cult following earlier. And I use that because I see there's all these Twitter accounts that are like Grant Cohn security guard and like, <laughs> I love Grant Cohn and like all this stuff. And so Dude, yeah, people that, that are follow you are loyal as hell yeah. on Twitter. And I find that fascinating. <laughs> so one through 10, it's fair to say that you have a cult following. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I have an older brother, a half brother who's 12 years older than me, 45. And he always, he compares me to um, Howard Stern. He's like, you're kind of like the Bay Area sport, mm. 49ers, Howard Stern. And Howard Stern always had, I guess, fans like that who would call in and were just like as crazy as he is. I guess so. I mean, I guess, I mean, for so long, there's always been like one way to be a fan. You have to be like super in with the team. And I think I've shown, not that I'm a fan, but I think I've shown fans like a, like another way to kind of enjoy the sport without, without being like, I don't know. And I think fans get a kick out of it. And I think people kind of want to, take the stances that I have and be more of an independent thinker. And I don't know, at least take pleasure in the, in their, in their team's uh, mistakes. I mean, why should you have a bad day? Because the Niners messed up. That's what they do for a living. Not what you do. Don't take it personally. I don't know. Uh, I want to, speaking of people that like to stir the pot, there's a report that Richard Sherman is down to the 49ers and the Seahawks. You recently tweeted that you said he should choose the Seahawks. I just want to know why you think that. I think he's done. I think he's been done. He's I thought he was terrible last year. I mean, he's a savvy vet, but he runs like a four eight now. Yeah. So he can't really play man coverage. So you got to play zone every snap. And that kind of leaves the rest of the defense out to dry. And he'll just give up first down after first down. So he doesn't get beaten deep. Sorry, Richard. It's just time to retire. Yeah. Time to wow. hang him out. All right. So, all right. Combine his zone coverage skills. First of all, let's start here. Would you agree that zone coverage, he's above average? Would you agree with that? Or no? Yes. All right. So, so if he's if he's an above average zone corner and a well yeah. below average man corner, when you combine those combine those yeah. together, where is he, he? You're saying he's below average right now? Com- as, a, as a man corner, he, he can't run, so he can't mm. play man coverage. And if you can't, so your if, if you can only play zone. There's only so much you can do. Yeah, gonna it's going to tip your defense yeah. too, right? Because yeah. uh, they're going to know what the you hell you're blitz. in. They see There's only a few coverages, yeah. and he'll play his part well, but other parts will get shredded. No, it's no. And he needs to go back to Seattle or hang it up. I, I'm so, I feel like he's his own agent trying to push out a market that doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm sorry. We'll yeah, see. is it a coincidence that the two teams that it's down to right now are yeah. two huge rivals? Two, like, yeah, yeah, two former. I'm teams. sure he's the one that leaked that. Yeah, oh, I'm those, sure he was. <laughs> Hell yeah, he was, dude. He's like, yeah. someone please. The thing pick that makes me. me laugh at the beginning. He was like, man, the Niners just aren't going to have enough cap space to resign me. Like, dude, you're going to sign for nine hundred thousand. Yeah, tons of cap space. That's not the issue. <laughs> you're not a premier free agent, Richard. No, yeah. Not anymore. How about Richard Sherman as a safety in the future? Could that help with his mobility issues or would that make him uh, certainly not a free safety? But uh, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts there? I, I think I may have gotten that idea from you, but it was maybe a, a yeah. year or two ago. I, I had Eric Davis on my show. He used to be with the Niners. Yeah, yeah. He's brilliant. And he, he it was his idea. He said, look, he may not be that fast, but I played with Merton Hanks. And Merton Hanks wasn't super fast either. Mm. You, it's all about the instincts and the ball skills. And that's what Richard Sherman has. Great, but the Niners don't really have a need of safety, man. Go somewhere else and learn yeah, yeah. how to play free safety. But theoretically, he's got potential. Nice. Okay. So so, so, so maybe not retire, Richard. Maybe, maybe explore yeah, the safety I, option with another I, team. I take it back. Just go play safety somewhere <laughs> else. Somewhere else. Not in San Francisco, <laughs> preferably. Oh, goodness yeah. gracious. All right. One of the topics I was really looking forward to talking to you today, uh, Grant, was uh, this report that the 49ers changed their draft pick, that it was Mac Jones all the mm. way, and then public pressure made them change their pick to Trey Lance at number three. Okay. Michael Lombardi, who's someone I respect a lot. I like that dude a lot. Former GM, not someone, this is just my opinion. I don't think he has a hard time admitting when he's wrong. I've heard Michael Lombardi admit when he's wrong a lot of times. He has come out 
um, and essentially said that the 49ers changed their pick because of public pressure. Uh, ben Albright, who again is a guy we had in the show recently, said no way, like adamantly, absolutely not true. So I don't know whether the 49ers changed their pick, and I don't know if we'll ever know 100%, but I do know this. If they did change their pick because of pressure, that pressure came from you. <laughs> you were a big piece of that, my man. Uh, no doubt about that. So first of all, do you think they changed their pick because of pressure? Yes, I do. I do. I don't care what Ben Albright says. I do. I mean, but I think it's more nuanced than that. I feel like mm. the, what was going on was Kyle liked Trey Lance very much, but probably preferred Mac Jones. Mm. But it was close. And uh, they told him, stay open-minded. You don't know that much about Trey Lance. You got to learn more about Trey Lance. He hasn't played as much. And then what happened was down the stretch, Niner fans, well, first of all, they made a mistake trading up so quickly. They, they basically allowed the, mm. the fans to make the pick. It wasn't me. I just stoked the flames. Fans were having a <laughs> panic attack that it was going to be Mac Jones. And I just kind of helped them along. Like, hey, Niner fans, look what you're going to do. So, so, so do hold, this. hold on, Grant. For people that don't know and haven't been following you up until this point, what, how were you displaying that? And how were you uh, fanning those flames and adding gas to the fire? What were some examples? I was like, basically, some- dare, I was like, Kyle, I dare you. <laughs> I dare, that would be the... No one, nothing would make me happier, the Seahawks happier, the Rams happier, the Cardinals happier than you drafting Mac Jones. And then like there was like stuff that was coming out. I mean, the DUI was one thing. It's like, okay, he was a kid. But then there's a video of him wasted at a club. 100 mil, 100 mil. Oh yeah. Like comes out the week before the draft. He's like, Kyle, I freaking dare you. Please, please do this. I mean, I want to see the meltdown that would, that would happen. And I feel like the Niners look, said to him, man, we can't, if it's at all close between Trey and Mac, we got to go with Trey, buddy. Sorry, unless you unless you want to put our brand and your reputation on the line for this kid yelling a hundred mil. I think mm. even Kyle could be like, you know, you know, fine, I'm out. So I think that's probably how it went. I don't have any inside sources. That makes sense. That seems to be what all the big people are, are reporting. If it went down like that, I get it. I don't feel like like they wanted Mac Jones and then Forty Nine fans got mad and they're like, fine, we'll do what you wanted. I mean, mm. I think they probably like both. And Kyle just realized, I don't want to go up against this avalanche. Um, I don't need it. Let's just do Trey Lance. Mac Jones was in a, uh, how did I miss this? He was in a club saying a hundred million. Yeah. Oh, oh we'll have to the show fuck? you the video. By the way, I, well, it, see, it's interesting, Chad, that you haven't seen the video because oh. Grant is the only writer that I saw share it. Oh, wow. Which is, again, why I put Grant in a different class because he's not afraid to share that controversial material. It is. Man, uh, if it was Justin Fields or Trey Lance, everyone oh. would have seen that. The fact that Mac Jones did that and everyone talked about it. Was That's so weird. true. That's yeah. very true. Dude. It was strange, yeah. man. It was yeah. strange. There's a lot about the media, I think, you know, that that yes. didn't that I didn't see it. Did I watch SportsCenter? And, yeah. you know, I got ESPN on almost 24 seven in my crib. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't they know. They see a kid like Mac Jones and like, he's a good kid. Let's yeah. Protect him. Like, you don't know that guy. Uh, Look at yeah. him. You don't know him. He just got fruit roll ups yeah. in his pocket. No big deal. I mean, <laughs> oh, wow. he's, he's totally fine. I mean, sure, he's, sure he's got a, a womanly figure. Sure, he has childbearing hips, but who doesn't? It's like, well, not a first round quarterback. I know that motherfucker. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> childbearing hips. He walks like a goofball, too. What the hell? Doug, I, if I was a Patriots fan, if I was a Patriots fan, I'd have Ooh. been happy about that pick until I started seeing that motherfucker walk down the down the uh to the uh draft stage he started walking he was just like <laughs> he just looked so unathletic he was, quick, he, yeah. was he was like he was like he looked, oh yeah he was like he wanted to do it before they changed their mind for they traded <laughs> for a big mac or some shit no he just walked so goofy i'm like dude this is not my quarterback man i'm not yeah. not going to battle with this goofball it's such an interesting spot with him because when you hear about the, the well i would say rumors but the confirmed things the dui um you know not having the most athletic body you'd think a place like new england which is really strict yeah and notorious for running a tight ship, right, yeah. um, would be a good spot if you're someone who who struggles with discipline. And I don't know that he struggles with discipline, but the um, definitely with dietary <laughs> clues discipline. suggest that there there may be some decision making issues. It's a much easier culture, sell at 15 in yeah. Boston. Good point. Than at three, than at three in yeah. the Bay Area, man. They were there were people were like taking videos ready to record themselves destroying their living room and their television. <laughs> yeah, to pick. it was yeah. going to be an endless wave of it. And I just made the right call. Yeah. Hey, everybody. We just want to take a quick second to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Alfonso Murray. Chad, go fund yourself. What'd you say to me, man? Yeah, go fund yourself. Oh, you mean with life, disability, or Medicare coverage through Alfonso Murray. He is licensed in Texas, Maine, and Colorado. For more information, go to alfonsomurray.com. That's A-L-F-O-N. 
Z-O-M-U-R-R-A-Y.com. Yeah, and don't forget, I mean, you mentioned that he's with Mutual of Omaha, but he can also get you insurance through AIG, John Hancock, Aetna, Cigna, um, as well as Mutual of Omaha. So check out AlfonsoMurray.com if you have any interest in, in insurance. What we like about him is he's not pushy. Yeah. He's not one of those super pushy folks that are going to like call you all the time and follow up and bug you if, if you're not interested. He's really laid back and chill, and he cares about you as an individual too. Yeah, no, the insurance people, those guys are notorious for being extremely pushy <laughs> and annoying and shit, right? Yeah. I made the mistake of calling one shortly after my son was born trying to get into some life insurance. Um, and I think that, that motherfucker called me just now. I hear his phone's vibrating right ago. now. I'm <laughs> like, dude, just I think I'm finding someone else, man. I'm going to yeah. go with Alfonso here, buddy. It's, it's unfortunate. But yeah, those guys, I, I've even heard stories about them hiding in bushes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Popping up. Hey. I heard a, a friend of mine was jogging on the green belt and found <laughs> some guy just popped out with a bunch of uh, business cards and was like, hey, man, you want some insurance? He's like, who the hell are you? He's like, yeah, man, I tracked your GPS down. <laughs> I followed you on Instagram. Instagram and Twitter, you're like, dog. helicopters going yeah, overhead it's and not shit. that serious. You know, Alfonso is not going to do that. I have on exactly. good authority. He's not going to stalk you. So laid back, dude. Yeah, super laid back, super nice guy. So give him a call. Uh, check out his website. Again, that's alfonzomurray.com. Yeah. Speaking of which, real yeah. quick, man, I saw you retweeted uh, something today that uh, cracked me up of that Giants fan. They got all pissed off when the Eagles took uh, Devontae Smith. Uh, that shit was funny. He punched two holes in the wall and he just stood there like all normal and stuff. And his girl's like yelling at him like, you are crazy. <laughs> he goes, yeah, she said, go to your room like he's a kid. And he just goes, <laughs> dog, he just said to her, he goes, so he goes, relax. You're the one who just punched two holes in the wall. How do you say relax? Because the Eagles took the player he wanted. Yeah, Imagine yeah. If the Niners Oh Yeah, they would not have played that. I wish they could have lived in that world. It's too bad. Uh, <laughs> one of the draft picks that you were really high on is the second round pick, Aaron Banks, out of Notre Dame. You called him the second best guard in the draft. Can you tell us why? Yeah, I mean, I, I dude from Notre Dame, it was basically him and Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. That guy went to Bishop Dowd, my high school. Aaron Banks went to El Cerrito uh, High, which is 20 miles away. So I guess... East Bay is where the best guards come from, but this guy's like 6'6", 330 pounds. He's not the kind of player the Niners have had on their offensive line. He's going to be going up against Eric Donald. Uh, if you think about what the Niners are going to be doing, they're going to be running a lot of zone read with Trey Lance, and that's basically the quarterback going to the edge and the running back diving up the middle by, behind the card in the center. So Banks is crucial for what this offense is going to evolve into, and I, I think he's a better player than uh, – Dude, the Raiders took at the 17th pick, Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, that yeah, right wow, who from, was projected. I think this guy's better than that. Second rounder, and some people yeah. even had him later than that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. 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 So do you see him being the starting right guard week yes. one? Yes. Hell yeah. Nice. And, then you, and I mean, then you move Brunskill. Lance may not start right backup. away, but this guy would. Nice. And then you got Brunskill yeah. as your top backup at several positions, right? Help out with depth Swing guard, there a yeah. lot. Yeah. Nice. Because yeah. he can play guard and tackle. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Right. He's good too. I like him. Yeah. For sure. Dude, man, I, I could go on a rant about Daniel Brunskill. I feel like that dude is so underrated. I love his versatility, like so underpaid. He came out of nowhere. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Brunskill fan for sure. Um, switching gears a little bit, Grant. Um, I would like to hear from you over the years who have been your favorite 49er players to interview. S skills on the field aside, who do you know you mm -hmm. can count on for a good quote that when you read that tape from your tape recorder, you can say, oh man, I know there's going to be gold on here. Um, and who are the players, oh, yeah. and are there players who you kind of dread interviewing because you know you're going to get one word answers and it feels like you're, you're pulling teeth? <clears throat> well, Kaepernick was the original one word answer guy. I mean, mm. he took pride in it. So he was, he invented that. Um, but guys that I loved interviewing throughout the years, it's kind of interesting. Like, uh, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa blocked me on Twitter before he came to the 49ers because I like conceived his game. So he's real sensitive. It's not like I have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with him. Yeah. It's not like I can go to his locker and be like, Nick, you got a minute. He'd be like, no. But <laughs> if you go to him, there's like, you can go to any player after a win and they'll give you whatever because they're all heroes. But if you, there's only mm. a few you can go to after a loss and get good stuff. Most of them are just like, hey, whatever the coach said is what I'm saying. Mm. Not Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa will tell you how it is, what happened, why they lost, whose fault it was. You've got to love that. Mm. And the guy who was that before him for years was Ahmad Brooks. Ahmad Brooks mm. was like basically, I mean, there's you look at his Wikipedia. I think he hit he 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 hit one of his teammates over the head with a bottle. I think he punched a random woman in the face one time. Oh, I mean, he, was, he was he was crazy, damn. man. I mean, Yikes. allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly crazy. Sure, sure. Um, but you go to him after a loss, he was composed. 
Wow. He was ready to answer any question, wouldn't take anything personally. I really like Ahmad Brooks was my go-to guy. I feel like people were scared of him too because they knew they knew. Shit, the I would be too. Him. People love to be like, hey, Ahmad, no one's talking to you. Uh, you want to tell me why you lost? He's like, I'm going to tell you exactly why you lost this game. <laughs> Don't ask him any questions with some empty beer bottles around. You get that dome busted up real no quick. Kidding, God damn. No kidding. That's true. Hey, speaking Time of Amon Brooks, we had, uh, we had we uh, had Jesse Sapolo on a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about that hit on uh, Drew Brees that cost oh. the 49ers home field advantage. And we're also talking about uh. the more recent Kentavia Street hit on Drew Brees. Which of those two were worse calls, in your opinion? Um, The street one. I agreed with the Breeze one, with the Ahmad Brooks one at the time, because by the letter of the law, his arm got up there by his neck. And the mm. real issue was that Drew Brees is five foot 11. Mm. So that's tough. Um, but the one with Contavious Street, what did Street do wrong? What did right. he do wrong? He landed on him? Did he even, he didn't even land on him? He tried. You, he just he was, knocked into a 43 year old yeah. man. That's the way yeah. I think Street didn't even do anything wrong to the letter of the law. Ahmad Brooks got like, he got like, beaten by a technicality that didn't exist 30 years ago. That's, the mm, that's a good way to put it for sure. Yeah. So I'm told, uh, Tony told me that we need to ask you about the story of Jed York, uh, leaving the game at halftime. <laughs> and you, so you were like the only person that reported this, correct? And we just want to hear your yeah. side of it and what exactly went down. Well, I got tipped off. Um, I didn't know that it happened at the time, but this was when they lost to Miami and they were like getting blown out at halftime. Embarrassing. At, to, Embarrassing. To Ryan Fitzpatrick. I've never seen a quarterback really play as well as I saw Ryan Fitzpatrick play that way. Anyway, so the game was over at halftime, and essentially. And Jed York, I heard after the fact, and then I got it corroborated from people that were there, the people that saw, was left in like a like a like a little huff. You know, I, I just can't hard to take him seriously. Yeah. You're a billionaire and you're mad, but he's like angry and he's leaving and he gets in his car and he's so mad that he drives the wrong way down a one way street and cops have to stop him and they're like, <laughs> uh, Mr. York, please just drive the right way. Yeah. It was pretty embarrassing. But I just think it was interesting that to me, that's that's news. Like if if Jerry Jones did that in Dallas, yeah. everyone would be talking yeah. about that. Mm. But J.D. York does it and everyone kind of has his back in the bay. And well, that's not a story. Mm. So what? I would have done the same thing. It's like, no, that you don't have to have a judgment on it, but it's definitely a story. And they just buried it, uh, which I thought was interesting. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's a, it's the biggest little market in the world. Maybe Jed's got the same PR folks as uh, our buddy Mac Jones that we were talking about. <laughs> it could These be stories very the story, out. man. It doesn't even happen. Yeah, but, Jared's very powerful in the Bay. No joke. No joke. But but Grant, in all seriousness, seriousness, I respect the hell out of you for writing that when, when nobody else would. I, I love the quote, and I don't even know who originally said it, or maybe it's an anonymous quote, that um, journalism is writing what people don't want you to write and everything else is PR or advertising. And I think that... Like that. Yeah, it's good, man. It's like good. That. And, uh, you know, even outside of sports, I think that's like super true. And, yeah, I agree. Um, the fact that you're willing to kind of put your neck out there, so to speak, um, and write things for the organization that you're seeing every day and you're in that building and you're in that facility, um, it, it, it says a lot. And I think that's what the the fans want to see, man. I, I follow, and I'm not going to badmouth any other 49er writers, but I, I follow several on Twitter and it cracks me up because you see like, you know, the 49ers are like release three players. This this happened recently. And like my feed, like literally word for word, like copy and paste from yeah, the press release, same shit. like five things in a row. And then right underneath that, I've got Grant with like a film breakdown. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder which of these things I care about yeah, and yeah. want to like, like clearly there's a, 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 a better option here for sure. It, it's refreshing. And you see like as a 23 year old, when I sit on the beat, I was like, man, it's not going to be that hard to, to stand out. It's no, it's not. I realized that too when I first started around this. Uh, I was, yeah, so I was probably about the same age, 24, 20, something like 20, uh, early 20s. I noticed that too, man. And just like the cliche questions these motherfuckers oh. ask. God damn, that shit yeah. was annoying. You would see me and Tony have talked about this, but we would see, I was, I was in NBA locker rooms quite often, and I would see like athletes when they would get these questions asked like roll their eyes like dude you asked this last night you know what i'm saying it's the same <laughs> shit yep. like can again you, yeah can you yeah, again. yeah i don't know yeah. why we got out rebounded you know maybe because they got three seven footers and we've got fucking two six nine guys you know yeah some of these reporters are like those toys where you pull the string yeah and they just ask the same, same thing same and i would see yeah. it man i would see dude I, i'm not gonna say who it was but a very very popular famous uh uh sports writer who now works for ESPN um I I saw him sleeping during the during the playoffs on press row during, at a a game? Ca at, during a Cavs game oh geez. like no exaggeration dude was like passed out 
in press row, like the Cavs, the press row is up a little bit further. You know, it's like behind the bench, but it's up That's in bad. like, you know, you know, uh, the second. Time to retire. Dude, Time to he's, retire. He's one of, I'll say <laughs> yeah. this. He's one of the biggest names on ESPN right now in terms of uh, basketball. And I was I know amazed. exactly who you're talking about. I bet you, you do. We'll say we'll talk about it off air. But I know exactly. Who I took a picture about. of one of, my, of him for one of my friends and sent him to him. I was like, look at this lazy son of a bitch. Wow. And he's going to have a story out tomorrow and everything. He ended up yep. getting getting really big and now he's on ESPN. You see him on the jump all the time and everything like that. But yeah, I would see this dude like sleeping during games. Like, first of all, how can you sleep in, in a stadium with 20,000 people in it? But this dude found a hold way, on, man. In his defense, I'm just kidding. There's no defense on, no, no defense for this. What was being served in the press box that day dude, for food, I, oh, man, I was gonna say, because... Well, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he probably had plenty of it. I'll say that. If, if there was lasagna. If they, you know, if there was some, some uh, good yeah. food, somebody did you get that Thanksgiving? Yeah, no, I'm just yeah, kidding. There's no, no he, excuse for that. Dude, yeah, terrible. he was like, he looked like uh, like your grandpa after Thanksgiving dinner, like right, out cold. or lunch, like uh, around, around 130. Yeah. He was just out. It was like, That's dude, no someone uh, someone tap him on the shoulder, let him know the game. And then after he writes a report, like, oh, yeah. Like he watched it. Yeah, like, yeah, dog, exactly. you didn't watch it. You missed the third quarter. You're watching what are you your eyelids. About? That's not cool. That's not cool. Yeah. Uh, switching gears a little bit, Grant, uh, the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl, you were at that game. At mm. what point, or I shouldn't word it that way, did you think the 49ers were going to win that game when they were, you know, up uh, in the fourth quarter? You know the point that I'm talking about when they started yeah. uh, celebrating after Dre Greenlaw's interception. Did you think yeah. they were going to win that game? And, and at what point did you start to, uh, get a little nervous for the 49ers if you had a, a rooting interest which I know you did you didn't but you hear me um I picked the Chiefs to win but when the when the, the Niners had their second interception in the fourth quarter mm. I thought they were they were gonna pull it off and I started like tweeting kind of like pissy tweets to kind of like <laughs> like well the Niners have had a historically great defense you know I I was kind of like giving in and then it all it all fell apart and I guess I guess like when the Niners offense started going three and out, like started blowing it, that's when I mm. felt that, that the avalanche was coming. And it's like, people don't remember, but Jimmy always has this in him. Like at the beginning of the way that season started, it was a magical season. They went 13 and three. Jimmy yep. couldn't miss the way that season started. The final practice of camp, the dude threw five picks in a row, not in a wow. day, in a row. Oh, I remember like, that. Yeah. I remember hearing consecutive that. attempts. It, I, it was amazing. Like, I think even Kyle was like, wow, man, I've, He's not going to do it again. <laughs> he yeah. did it again. So it was almost like it would come full circle. Like, yep, it was all culminating mm. to you falling apart. Um, you're just not in Patrick Mahomes league in no universe. Are you going to be Patrick Mahomes? So, so a question for an outsider who's not a, you know, a huge 49ers fan. Why didn't they address the quarterback situation after the Super Bowl? Or did, were they thinking <laughs> that maybe he's going to get better? They didn't have the capital. Obviously, that, you know, late first round pick. But, but why are they waiting a year later to do this? Such a good question. Such yeah. a simple question. It's like, yeah, why did they wait? Yeah. Tom Brady wanted to go to them last year. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, Jeez. but that was their that was his first choice. And they were like, God, Tom, <laughs> we got this guy who's yeah. proving great He's choice. Getting better. <laughs> I, they made a terrible decision, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I mean, maybe they felt the fans would have been upset. There's been a lot of fan attachment to Jimmy Garoppolo for the reasons I laid out, but as soon as he had one bad game, week one, 2020, they were done with him. Wow. And now they're like, they can't run him out of town fast enough. Yeah. Last year, if you had done a poll on Twitter, who's a better quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo or Aaron Rodgers? Jimmy would have won that. I mean, oh, in, in, in the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Yep. It was yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you were covering the team during the Colin Kaepernick years. It's no secret. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a Colin Kaepernick apologist. Um, if anybody says anything negative about Colin, I immediately apologize for him. I will own that. I'm, I'm very uh, That's biased. That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. <laughs> I love the dude. That's my quarterback. Um, you were actually in the locker room, though, man. So you had mm -hmm. a completely different perspective. And I've heard you talk a little bit um, on your show about how he kind of uh, he, he had the ability to um, take over the locker room, which was a lot of the criticism that he was getting. Can you kind of talk mm -hmm. a little bit about what that looked like from from your perspective well Kaepernick he, he when he was 23 24 25 he wasn't like a a social justice he didn't he didn't really talk about anything mm. I mean he just was an athlete and he was all about football and working out and his physique I mean he was like one of the more I don't want to say narcissistic I don't want to say like a bunch of negative stuff. He was just very, he had like a, like a wide receivers, per, like a wide receivers personality mm. is what I'm saying. He was kind of a diva mm -hmm. in like the way that would be cool for a wide receiver to be. Right. But he was um, really into his celebrity, but let's be clear when he was 24 and 25, he was a hell of a player. And if Trey Lance could, can perform the way Colin Kaepernick performed for the first three, four years of his career, the Niners will be good. I mean, the issue with 
Colin was that Harbaugh got fired. He has some bad coaches who benched him. And then I think he kind of lost interest after that. Uh, that's basically what I saw. So when he was young, he wasn't really trying to talk to the media. He was pretty distrustful. That's his business. But he was a hell of an athlete. He was a hell of a quarterback and could have had a much better career if probably Jed York hadn't fired Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. I think he might still be the quarterback if Jim Ooh. Harbaugh was still the, the head coach. Wow. I, I don't doubt that. He never would have got rid of him. Wow. That's a good point. That's I'm a, a Michigan point. fan, so that's a sore ch- subject for me, too. Man. It's, like, <laughs> it's not like Harbaugh's <laughs> stock is so high. Yeah, I was so yeah, happy yeah. when we got him, but now it's kind of like, shit. Yeah. You know, you know the, one of the things I like about sports so much is like the what if scenarios. Yeah. You know, it's fun to play out because the 49ers were so damn close to winning that Super Bowl yeah. against the Ravens with Kaepernick. So and imagine if they had, imagine if this guy is saying all these social justice issues with a ring on his mm. finger. Does that look differently? <laughs> is it harder to keep him out oh, of the wow. league with a ring on his finger? Definitely. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. uh, they were so close and it's just really intriguing to me to play that what if game with him for sure. But uh, mm. but no, that's interesting. I appreciate that perspective for sure, Grant. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So uh, before we let you go, Grant, we just want to I want to kind of ask you, like, what, how you see the season going? Obviously, mm. this is a big transition year. No one really knows what to expect uh, as, as as far as the 49ers go, how the how the year is going to play out. How do you see it going? And how do you see this as a play? Uh, the 49ers as a playoff team this year. NFC West is tough, too. It is a tough division. I think the Niners really, if you just take the quarterback out of it and put their roster up against anyone's, it matches up. It's a hell of a roster. Of course, the quarterback is the most important position. Um, I think everyone's writing off Jimmy Garoppolo, but is it possible we're just be, like have a little recency bias here that he was hurt last year, so we just assume he's terrible? Like, what if he just happens to be – I mean, what if the injuries were flukes and he's healthy this year and he goes back to being the serviceable quarterback who wins most of the time? Is that a bad thing? I mean, I think the Niners really are set up to win 10, 11 games, no matter who their quarterback is. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl, but I think they're going to be a competitive team this year. And we'll see if, I mean, they should be able to make a run next year with Trey Lance. Well, can you give us like a, a, a maybe you don't have to be married to it, but you give us a prediction of what you think they're going to, how many, what their win total is yeah. going to be this year? Yeah. So it's a 17 game season now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll say 11 and six. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I see yeah. that. I, I would be happy with that if I was a 49ers fan. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, you talk about Jimmy staying healthy, and I think we don't know if that was a fluke or if he's an injury prone guy. I think it's pretty too early. It's too early to say that mm-hmm. um, because although he's not that young, he hasn't played that many games. So it's tough mm-hmm. to call him injury prone or not. But. I do think shoring up that offensive line is going to help you not yeah. be injury prone um, because they definitely struggled, particularly with the interior um, and at right tackle position uh, last year. That was a, a big struggle with with pass rushes getting to the quarterback, not just Jimmy. I mean, Nick Mullins got hit, too, and it was it was a challenge for them. For sure. Go back to the Super Bowl. A big reason they've collapsed is because Chris Jones took over in the fourth quarter and mm-hmm. anyone yeah. who block him. Uh, now they have theoretically they do. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, Grant, we uh, love having you on, buddy. We would like to have you on again during football season. I know you're busy as hell, but if you ever get a spare minute, yeah, get us uh, get get you in here and kind of get an assessment of how you feel like the season's going thus yeah, far. Man. And if you ever come to Austin, make sure and check us out. I sent oh, you a yeah. bottle of this in the mail. It's it's taken. <laughs> it's so hard it to send this back to you. so many different times. I'm saying, yeah, you're sending it to my parents' house. This should work. <laughs> yeah. Sounds it should good. Work. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Of course, man. You Thanks so much for coming us, on. Man. You're drunk on hey, us. Hey, I will. Oh, and I'll live awesome. tweet the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Do please do. There's gonna be some really crazy. You thought he had crazy uh, opinions before. It's about to get real crazy once he get some still Austin in him. He's what? gonna be like, "Listen here, they should it'll, just get rid of the whole franchise, just move them to yeah. fucking Oakland or something." It, it'll sound like it'll sound like Jed York's tweets from draft night. Real quick, did you see those? What were your thoughts of his tweets for draft night? Was he hacked? He said he was hacked. That was weird, man. That was weird. I almost kind of felt like he was like the the guy like. He's, he wants the fans to like him so much and he's trying like different ways. Like maybe yeah. I'll be oh funny. God. Maybe I thought, I'll be, I thought he was trying to be like you to be honest, but he just wasn't good at That's it. That's almost what I was going to say. That. I say that. It's like, man, fans seem to like Grant. Maybe I could do that. Like, all right, man, good luck. Hey, it's, it's better than what you did five years ago, man. Like, I, think, I think one of his buddies like showed up to the draft night party and was like, guess who's got cocaine, man? Oh, <laughs> he's oh, like, oh, man. shit, man. I should do this. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to start getting on Twitter now. They're like, dude, let's put it down, man. The, the, the tweets were questions. 
professional. For the record, Who knows? I don't think for the record, I heard Jed doesn't drink or anything like that. Oh, oh no um, kidding. Okay. In a really good mood. I guess, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, was very happy. Excited about the thing, oh, Okay, last yeah. question. Last question. Do you believe that he didn't know who the 49ers were drafting? Because that's something he was tweeting that night was that he intentionally took himself There's out no of way. that decision. No, he just wanted attention. I'm sorry, Jen. Yeah. I like attention too. Yeah. <laughs> I like it on Twitter. That's why we tweet. That's why we got a show. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we tweet. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks so much for the yeah. time, Grant. Thanks, man. Brother. Take uh, care. Of course. Check, check him out me. on Twitter at Grant Cohn, G R A N T C O H N. Uh, awesome follow. We started following, I just started following him as well. Uh, shit's hilarious, man. It's yeah, funny. yeah. He's he's one of a kind, and then and that's why we like Grant. Uh, the insight is there, the humor is there, uh, the following of, yeah, yeah. of the fans are there, and so uh, yeah. If you're a 49er fan, or if you're not, I mean, yeah, if you're you gotta, just an NFL football just, fan, yeah, I'm not a 49er fan, but just to see like good sports journalism, you definitely gotta give him a follow. Yeah, quality Sweet. for sure, absolutely, awesome. absolutely. Thanks, Grant. Thanks for coming on the show, brother. We appreciate it, man. Take we'll care. be Thanks in touch, man. Words. Yeah, I yeah, really for, yeah, yeah. Definitely, brother. Thanks again. Uh, that's Grant Cohen. That's an awesome dude, man. That's the first time I've gotten to talk to him, man. So that's sweet. Yeah. And, and I don't know if we ever said, uh, he mentioned his dad earlier, Lowell Cohen. Yeah, yeah. Um, who is a great columnist for the 49ers for many years and uh, for some of the, the older 49er fans out there who maybe not at, I quite remember as the familiar name. with yeah, Grant's yeah. work. Uh, Lowell's was very popular as well. It's so. cool to talk to a second generation sports uh, writer too, man, because uh, that was like my, like every weekend for my life, man, was uh, was hanging out with my dad going to uh you know this was in uh ohio so every friday was you know him picking me up from my mom's or after school and us going to a a, a football or basketball game in the middle of nowhere you know yep. driving those old backcountry roads yep listen to oldies music uh listen to uh sports talk and everything like that and then yeah. going to a michigan football game saturday morning we'd get up early and drive up to ann arbor to go to a michigan football game those are some of my fondest memories as a human being man was a uh, Going there and then learning so much about the game, you know, you get to yeah. talk to your dad, get to pick it, pick his brain and everything like that. Um, it's an awesome resource to have. It's awesome to grow up in a household like that where you get to be around, uh, you know, sports as much. Yeah. You know, and, and I wonder how much that's helped him be a writer today. You talked about how his, his style is a little bit different. He's not afraid to stir the pot. Mm -hmm. He's not intimidated by, you know, these, these athletes, like he, he mentioned the Ahmad Brooks story, did his time in locker rooms as a kid and did his time around that as a kid, mm -hmm. help him become more comfortable. I mean, who knows, but yeah, um, it, it definitely it, did me. I can say, yeah. I can't speak for him, but I'm sure it did because, uh, when you see your dad, you know, interviewing other people and stuff like that, uh, it's uh, you pick up stuff. You learn things just from watching that and everything. I know I certainly did. And it made me love sports and it made me want to be a writer, too, was uh, watching my dad do that. So awesome. Awesome that uh, we get to have him on the show, man, because he's got some great opinions. Super laid back, dude, too, man, which I love. Yeah, man. A lot of fun to talk to him. For yeah. Sure, for sure. He had uh, some great uh, analysis there um talking about what he thinks is going to happen with trey lance this year yep uh he thinks that jimmy garoppolo's days are numbered in san francisco i think everyone would pretty much say that but he's saying that this is definitely going to be his last year yeah and speaking of jimmy how about that analogy that he gave with yeah, uh the girlfriend <laughs> that was so, so good yeah everybody knows a guy like that that just got some tang for the first time in that like five so years good. And, and then he's, he's like, like i'm oh, getting married man, we're getting, i think we're gonna get married no man. doubt about it we're I'm like, have y'all had an argument yet he's like nah man it's like okay why don't you have like 20 of those and then come back and talk to me man that analogy couldn't be perfect because he was he was on twitter pointing out jimmy garoppolo's flaws and nobody wanted to see yeah. it they i they, thought i saw him i remember when y'all got jimmy and like the what was the last four or five games who was he like four and one or something like that uh when oh the, no he he went, he went undefeated that first season i think it was five and oh or six and oh okay yeah, first so, something like yeah. that yeah i kind of thought that was fool's gold i was thinking you know they don't have a whole lot of tape on him because he didn't play much in new england you know and I didn't know he's as injury prone as he was, but I thought that was a little fool's goal because a lot of those games, they, he wasn't like lighting it up. I don't think, you know what I mean? They were kind of winning as a team and everything. He uh, looked good. He, he, it was a it was a bad roster. It was yeah. a really bad roster mm -hmm. that was, uh, you know, they, they were <laughs> they were in rough shape. Yeah. And it was impressive what what he was able to do. But I did hear, you know, that fool's goal argument, especially when he signed that contract. Yeah, I thought that was mm. for a few weeks. He actually was the highest paid quarterback in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, I remember that. When he signed that contract. What so, the hell kind of world am I living in? So that's fair to say, you know, he he hadn't earned that. He hadn't put in the the time that some of those other top quarterbacks had. But it was pretty impressive what he did that first season. But injuries, man, how much have those injuries impacted his play? Now I'm being a little bit of a Jimmy apologist. How much of those injuries 
impacted his play. Yeah, they've kept him out of games, but the games that he did play and he was playing hurt yeah. because he was getting banged up. I mean, I, I think Jimmy has some some valid excuses. Yeah, I'm sure we all do, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll say that I, when I was watching the Super Bowl, I remember thinking, "There's no way in hell Jimmy G is going to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback." I just thought that, mm. man. You know, may I see weirder shit happen. You know, Trent Dilfer won a damn Super Bowl. You know, but. I just thought there's no way he's not good enough to win a Super Bowl. This is not happening, you know, and, you know, you kind of always expect the Kansas City to come back. That was a heartbreaking loss for y'all. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's- well, the juxtaposition of him and and Patrick Mahomes, yeah. <laughs> he certainly doesn't yeah, look into yeah. Patrick Mahomes. He had that one really bad interception in the Super Bowl where he was under pressure and I think was trying to throw it out of bounds. Uh, and the ball got picked off. That was really ugly. And then, you know, there was the bad, you know, really bad overthrow. Um, that that probably would have sealed the game. Um, if he connects there, yeah, there's a couple of throws that it felt like he if he would yeah. have made that that were pretty elementary, pretty easy throws yeah. seemingly that he wasn't able to complete, and then that's why he's probably on his way out of San Francisco after yeah. this year. And the the optimist view is he's now going to be more motivated. He's now going to be training harder. He's now going to be studying harder uh, because his his heir apparent is is there behind him. Yeah. Um. Kind of the Jordan Love effect on Aaron Rodgers. Now, can we say for sure that Jordan Love being drafted is the reason Aaron Rodgers had an MVP season? After I mean, he didn't even fall off that much. Yeah, yeah. But he he maybe took a slight step back and then came back with a vengeance with an I mean, MVP year. It's an interesting question, but Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I don't think we've commented on that, but I don't think, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is perfectly perfectly right in, in his uh, desire to want to get out of Green Bay. I feel mm. like I feel like uh, Matt LaFleur, they have, they have screwed that situation up so much that what else can you do when you're on the verge of winning a Super Bowl and you go and draft a quarterback that you're most likely is not going to be playing for – you know, at least four or five more years. You know what I mean? I understand they did that with Brett Favre. I'm not, but Brett Favre, let's remind you, Brett Favre was one foot out the door all the time. He kept mm-hmm. saying he was retiring every other year. And hell, the year he retired, they were halfway through camp and he said he wanted to come back to the Packers. And they'd already, you know, been rocking with Aaron Rodgers. And they're like, dude, no, man, we've, we've done this before. We've already, you know, started to get this guy ready. We're not going to do this shit again. Yeah. And, so, but with Aaron Rodgers, man, I feel like he is Green Bay. You know what I mean? I feel like you got to ride that till the wheels fall off until he just has, you know, two really bad years in a row or something, or yeah. he's not able to play because of injuries. I think that's when you do it. But to draft a quarterback when you, the glaring obvious need was a wide receiver, offensive talent, thing. and you go, I would have been pissed too. You that's know? the thing. I it it wasn't just drafting his heir apparent. It was also not drafting yeah. another weapon for you. And yeah. so it was kind of like two shots in one. That you could have used that yeah. might have won. You might have won a Super Bowl this year yeah. if you would have done that. Because uh, you see what happened against uh, Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game. It felt like they were you know, a big play guy away from, from winning that game. I mean, Tom Brady... Had a yeah. good first half, anyhow. But uh, but hold on, this wasn't just a one year problem. The yeah, Packers yeah. <laughs> had not been providing Rodgers with uh, weapons through Ever. the draft, you yeah. know, first round yeah. uh, for years and years and years. Did so he, I would imagine that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, I, I would agree, and I think he's totally uh, uh, right to to feel that way because you, you got to give that guy. He's done so much with so little for so long. You were in a prime position. You know, late first round pick to to go ahead and get him a good weapon, a good guy on the outside there. And they went with a guy that's not going to play for three or four. No one's even heard talk. Yeah. I don't even think I've heard this dude talk before, you yeah. know. So I'd be pissed off, too, if I was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the, the uh, most I heard about Jordan Love was the rumors that he might get traded to the Patriots or some yeah. other team, you know, but before this season. Well, yeah, you're not hearing a lot about it. Now, him. I mean, if I was Green Bay, that's what I would do. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. You're not going to get the return on. You're not going to probably get a first round pick for him right now. You might get right. a second or a third or a couple threes or something. I don't think anyone's going to give you a first-round pick nah. right now anyways. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers keeps playing the way he is for several years in Green Bay, which is in big-time question right yeah. now considering where things stand, but Jordan Love could be in a situation where he's like Jimmy Garoppolo in that his contract is coming up and you've still yeah. got the starter playing you know, at an all-pro level, and so you may be traded with very little experience that's at that point. That's what's interesting about that is because when you get drafted, they got five years. You know, you, They can pick up his – but if they pick up his fifth-year option – then you're paying two quarterbacks yeah. $50 million. Yeah, you know what tough. I mean? You can't that's do tough. that. 
And so they they yeah. did. They set the clock on his career in Green Bay with the minute they drafted Jordan Love. Yeah. It was at the at maximum four years. They're not yeah. going to spend fifty million dollars on a court, on one position yeah. and one of the guys ain't even playing. So they they did this to themselves. Now they're now they're all you know pissed off or they're they're saying they're not going to trade him this and that. Well, dude, you've already said that he's got three years left. Okay. So it, and it looked clear to me that he's got more than three years left in the tank. So you already put that timestamp on it and said, "Hey, you've got three years to win a Super Bowl. Your ass is out of here." I think that's bullshit. I think he has every right to do that, and I think that's one of the few cards that the players have mm-hmm. in their pocket is to be able to say, "To hell with you! I want to go somewhere else and play." Yeah, and you know, uh, we know he didn't come out and say it right before the draft. That's when the le- uh, news was uh, leaked, but. Uh, Things have changed now, obviously, but now you're going to be looking at next year's draft that they can get capital from and everything. And you're thinking about like maybe a wasted year for the Packers because uh, I don't know if Jordan Love's ready to go. I don't know if he's going to, you know, no one knows how good he's going to be, yeah. but. Chad, don't be talking about next year's draft already, I man. Know, I just saw Chad. a mock draft for next year oh, come out. I'm like, I've been mock uh, drafted death. Now, don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah. I love the NFL oh, love draft some, and I, I, I get obsessed drafts. with it. But when you start talking about next year's mock draft, it sure. means, and I know that's not what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. teasing you. But like it next year's mock draft, it yeah. means nothing. Yeah, yeah. I feel you, brother. I feel you. <laughs> uh, but you know what else we love? What's that? Odd Shark. Yeah. We, we love, some, love odd some Odd Shark. <laughs> we do love us some Odd Shark, Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. Our go-to uh, destination for all things sports betting. Odd Shark is your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, and detailed matchup picks. So if you're looking for statistics and trends for an upcoming game, Odd Shark has that too. And it's free. Yeah, they've got in-depth expert analysis, stats, numbers, and trends to help you make the sharp game day picks. Whether you want to check out tonight's football odds, this week's hockey or basketball trends, or anything in between, head over to Odd Shark and start thinking like a shark today. Like we said, there they are our premier place to go to. Uh, if you're going to place a bet, you got to go to Odd Shark. For sure, man. And a great show today. You know, we talked about the baseball future bets, gave people some options yep. there. Um, interviewed Grant, which was a great interview. Uh, had a few laughs. So, yeah, great show, man. If there's some odds you're thinking about, hit us up on Twitter at DMPCD Sports. Let us know. Uh, maybe we're, we're you know missing one or two. Uh, let us know. You yeah, know let saying? us know what future bets are intriguing you. Yeah, definitely. And so make sure you check us out. On, you can check us out on all different uh, social media platforms. On Instagram, we are at DMPCD Sports. Twitter, at DMPCD Sports. Um, I believe uh, Facebook is the same thing, at DMPCD Sports. Also go over to HotPieMedia.com. Uh, check out all the other shows and the programs that they got on there. Uh, they've got some. They've got stuff. Uh, any any uh, podcast you can think of, every topic you can think of, they got some of that. Uh, check out our past episodes. Also check out uh, the Gray Area podcast, which is pretty good too. Yeah, and your Twitter handle is uh, at Comedy Chad, and mine's at Tony's Health Tips. So check those out as well. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys listening to the DMP City Sports Podcast presented by Odd Shark. Uh, please tell your friends about the show. Please review the show. Please share it. All that good stuff. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.